0: Perspectives on Peace, first podcast, September 4th. Welcome to the first podcast of Perspectives on Peace, a volunteer student-driven podcast from UPeace, the United Nations mandated university for peace and conflict studies in Costa Rica. We, the class of 2013, are three weeks into our year. And like the beginning of any new journey, the past weeks have been filled with introductions as we get to know each other and find our place within the community. We are inundated with questions about ourselves, where we are from, why we are here, and where we are going. This can be an overwhelming experience. The idea for Perspectives on Peace arose from a desire to give people a space to share their stories and engage in dialogue around different topics and issues related to peace and conflict studies. Each month, we will discuss a different theme or topic and engage with students, professors, and other community members or experts to hear their stories. It's a space for one to tell their story, how they'd like to tell it, and also gives listeners the opportunity to engage with issues whenever and wherever they wish. Thank you for downloading, and we hope you enjoy the journey. Perspectives on Peace, September 4th. Welcome to Perspectives on Peace. Thank you for downloading. I am Leticia Pearlstein. And I am Saskia Knight. Our first series of podcasts engages voices from the UPeace community whom have been directly or indirectly involved in military conflict. Our first guest is Danny Hall. Hi Danny. Hi Saskia. Welcome to Perspectives on Peace. Thanks for having me. So just to introduce yourself, can you give us a little background of who you are and what brought you to UPeace?
1: Sure. Um, I'm from the United States. I've served in the U.S. Army Reserve for over over 11 years now. Um, And in the civilian life, I have worked as a banker, mostly in international banking.
0: Wow, that's quite diverse experience to bring to your master's education here.
1: Yeah, I've really found in the military and in um, international business that international law is very important. And I was really impressed with international law programs here. That's really what made me come here.
0: So military banking to international law. Can you take us through your development of consciousness through those different fields?
1: Sure. Um, I think what ties them all together is having to do with the global community, the international community, um, in the military, serving in Iraq. I was with you a know, multinational force and certainly dealing on a day-to-day basis with kind of the boots-on-ground version of international law. Um, as a banker, I did a lot of work helping folks going back and forth between different countries. Um, and I guess putting them together, they all kind of operate in a framework of international relations, the international community, as it affects individuals. So I guess underlining, understanding the legal framework behind that was really interesting to me. That's why I'm here.
0: So you talked a lot about helping people and understanding. So moving that to the central topic of peace, can you give us a brief understanding of what peace means to you?
1: Sure. I'd say I have a pretty textbook definition. Um, I look at peace as the absence of violence. And um, I think most people aspire to that goal. It's certainly something that I aspire to.
2: Were you hoping to come to UP's to find other ideas of peace?
1: I certainly value like the dialogue of different ideas, and it'd be great if I come out of this program next year with a, a more advanced, developed understanding of, of peace um, in the international law context.
0: Can you give us a little background to what sorts of activities you were engaged in in the military?
1: I worked in military police. Um, specifically, I had three main roles. Um, I worked in convoy defense and a defensive rule on the main supply routes throughout Iraq. I worked in hospitals, um, basically as a security guard, uh, where Iraqis and Americans uh, were being treated. And I worked in civil affairs, uh, where I helped defend American soldiers who were going into small villages, usually, and providing different forms of aid and infrastructure support um, to help them develop in the rebuilding of Iraq.
2: How old were you when you started with the Army?
1: I joined the Army Reserve on my 17th birthday.
0: And what were your expectations? joining the Army Reserve?
1: Sure. This was February 2001, um, and I really wanted an experience that I, I couldn't get anywhere else, and those expectations have definitely been met, and I'm really glad with what I've come out with over the past 11 years.
2: Would you say that a lot of your community of friends are in the Army? Did you have a support group there?
1: Certainly. Um, as a matter of fact, um, we continue to have reunions of the people with whom I served in Iraq, and... Um, yeah, definitely people who I would consider my long-term friends.
0: In terms of the moral and ethical decisions to join the military and then go to Iraq, can you take us through where you were, what your expectations were with that? where did you how you viewed the. US. involvement in Iraq?
1: Sure. Um, I knew that whatever happened in Iraq, I would do what was morally right what was in the best interest of being humane, I guess just doing the right thing. Um, I was never put in a position, luckily, where I had to make the decision uh, between doing what I thought was right, what I thought was wrong. Never put in a position where I had to potentially violate Geneva Conventions or other laws of armed conflict. Um, The operation as a whole, I definitely saw some, I guess, larger-scale what I would interpret as mistakes. Um, I don't think that we sent enough troops into Iraq to win the peace. I don't think we did enough planning to rebuild Iraq. Um, But those weren't decisions that were mine to make. I wanted to be a good soldier, and I guess more importantly, a good person always doing the right thing.
0: So I'm really hearing a distinction between the overall war in Iraq and then your personal involvement in Iraq and that might is that a distinction you'd like people to take away when they're thinking about U.S. military in Iraq? Is the difference between the overall war and then the individuals who are going there for reasons such as yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, soldiers who are in wars are all individuals; they'll have their own opinions. Um, but ultimately, they're there to accomplish a mission, um, and in terms of eliminating Saddam Hussein, who was it? Horrible dictator, um, that's something I think we can all be proud of. Um, and But, you know, when people see you in the military and say, oh, you know, maybe he's not interested in peace, what's he doing at U-Peace? Um, I hope that people see a distinction between war and military operations and, you know, an individual who might be a very peaceful person who realizes or who believes that there might be a need to take arms uh, to defend something that he or she believes in.
0: So that's a very interesting point. I think that's one that people will find interesting. Can you expand upon a time, reflect upon a time that you would like to share within what's comfortable with you in a way that you really feel that you made a difference, a positive difference in the lives of people in Iraq?
1: Sure, You know there are so many experiences like that, but uh, specifically when we were going into these villages um, as military police and really just providing support and aid, um, to the Civil fair soldiers who were helping to rebuild. Um, one time, I remember specifically, um, some soldiers had arranged on their own to bring some school supplies um, to a little school in this village, um, and it was soldiers within my unit. And being part of that, you know, just helping people to learn, educate themselves. Um, you know, they're saying about teaching someone to fish, feeding him or her for life. Uh, really felt like that to me um, as a big believer in education. And things like that that we were able to do really made me feel great, especially because they were very kind of grassroots, individual-directed.
0: So you were with um, members from your own contingent as well as local people?
1: Yeah, we we met with um, the local Iraqi civilian populace on a fairly routine basis. Um, especially when we were involved in in supporting the civil affairs mission in Iraq. And those, I would say, were really my best memories. Um, and that's where you, you look and say, wow, I really g- I got to really go into this little village, you know, in a small community in Iraq, and meet with these people on their own terms, eat with them, um, enjoy it, the local culture.
0: In those circumstances, how were you as an American soldier viewed? Were you welcomed? Did they... Open their arms to you? Did they want you there? What was your interaction with the locals in those circumstances?
1: Yeah, the places we went, um, certainly they accepted us and wanted us to to be there for the time being. Um, We wouldn't have gone in to a community that was extremely hostile to the American, to the multinational force. Um, But that's not to suggest that I think all Iraqis Completely supported the idea of having a foreign force um, in their country for the long term um, Certainly many are glad to see that most of the foreign foreign forces are, are now gone um, But, you know, for the time I was there During the first year of uh, the rebuilding of Iraq um, At least the folks whom I were able to meet with Usually folks who had a lot worse situation under Hussein's regime um, They were pretty happy to have me And Considering that not everyone in Iraq was very happy uh, that we were there, um, it was really nice to have that experience.
2: Can you um, mention a personal moment when you met an Iraqi soldier and there was a, some kind of exchange there, a universality that happened between the two of you?
1: Yeah, um, and again, there's so many times I can think back of, but uh, back on, but um, you know, once we we were just talking about politics and. Talking about, I guess, what our, our long term goals were. Um, and I really think I did find that kind of universality of, of wants and needs in Iraq. Um, and
0: what, what were those wants and needs? Can you give us an idea of that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I met with uh, an Iraqi at one point who was, for some reason, away from where he had lived um, due to military operations. And he really just wanted to go home to his home. I shared that experience. I really just wanted to go home to my home. He really just wanted to carry on, have a family life, um, continue to work, make money, earn a good living, um, be a good father, family man. These are all things that I, de- you know, definitely wanted at the time as well um, for my long-term projections. So, I think that when we look at different communities around the world, especially during military operations, we think oh, they're so much different. But if you actually sit down and speak with someone, you find out maybe they're not.
0: So it sounds like you were able to connect, regardless of you know, national or ethnic or other types of backgrounds, around a common vision for a better future.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Excellent. What was your perspective on Iraqis before you went in there?
1: Boy, you know, I was a teenager at the time. I don't know that I really thought about... Iraqis, that much. Um, I, I didn't buy into any sort of dialogue that, you know, Iraq was directly behind the September 11th attacks. Um, I think I, I tried as much as I could to have a, an impartial or, a, I guess, a neutral view um, when I crossed the border from Kuwait to Iraq and realized that not everyone there was directly associated with Saddam Hussein's regime. Um, which we eliminated, that not everyone there was necessarily um, strongly anti US forces or anti multinational force. Um,
0: was this a perspective that um, was shared by your fellow soldiers as well?
1: I hope so. Um, From
0: your experience, though, um, I think a that common...
1: the soldiers whom I worked with, I think really had a strong understanding that the Iraqis were. Diverse individuals with differing opinions Um, they weren't all the bad guys certainly some of them were Um, and I think that's probably behind why my unit always served with integrity humanity always did the right things Um, and I'm glad that we were never put in a position where we were doing the wrong thing, um, didn't have anything to do with any of the scandals that happened in Iraq. I guess I'm really proud of the way my fellow soldiers operated.
0: Well, that must be a great feeling. Absolutely. So you've talked about um, a little bit about your experience there and given us the idea of that. I'm sure, given the context of the situation you were in, it was not all positive. Um, How did various elements of the cultural context, of the Um, different situations you were in influence your reinculturation back to U.S. society. So, for example, were you the same person you were when you left, or did you go through massive changes within yourself?
1: I think one big change that I went through is that coming back from Iraq, I had a great deal of focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I didn't mind being in Iraq so much doing the work, I did mind being kind of removed from my civilian life. Um, It's certainly what I volunteered for, but, you know, you go away for over a year, miss college, you come back and, you know, some of your friends from high school have gone through all this experience of of education and being independent, and and I was in Iraq and had my own great experience, but I really wanted to get back uh, to academic life uh, as soon as I returned. I was very, very focused. Um, I completed my undergraduate studies with almost a perfect GPA um, at the University of Minnesota in just over two years.
0: Wow, amazing.
1: I was very dedicated, and I certainly was not a dedicated student in high school, so that's probably one big change.
2: So, what were the challenges when you returned to civilian life? Um, hearing you say that, I interpret that as almost did you delve into your studies? to help you integrate yourself into civilian life? Or can you talk about any other um, coping mechanisms that you used to integrate in?
1: Yeah, and and I think I was lucky that I never really had a big problem with like post-traumatic stress um, that I experienced. Um, But probably I did use that as a coping method to really just turn to my studies, my work, uh, refocus my energies in a positive light, so that I could kind of feel like I was moving on. So uh, that's probably my my coping method to put in that perspective.
0: So, would you say that this experience has influenced you positively, in the sense that it gave you more focus in life?
1: I think so, more focus, and I guess more perspective. Um, both. Can you
0: expand on that?
1: Sure. Working with the Iraqi community. Um, understanding their perspectives was I think hugely valuable to me Um, going into a career in banking where I've worked with clients from all over the world um, you know I've had that experience for a whole year at a very young age working a lot with people from a completely different cultural background Mm -hmm. Um, working in the military um, especially with with women and seeing the huge value that women brought in that professional role really made me see women very much as as equals. Uh, In the military, especially in Iraq, very often they were the most valuable ones because in the cultural context, they could communicate with the the women of Iraq a lot more easily than we could as men. Mm. I think Um,
0: that's a very interesting point that maybe we don't think of um, when we think of Iraq. Yeah. So can you expand on that a little bit, how um, female military... Personnel are able to ex- Access and relate to Local women can you expand on that sure
1: and, and this is part of cultural understanding um, Not all societies find it acceptable to integrate and speak between men and women uh, who aren't related um, And going to a place like Iraq especially in some of the tribal communities You have to understand that and work within the local cultural context Um, So certainly Iraq, Afghanistan, um, female soldiers are extremely valuable. They're able to oftentimes communicate where men would be completely out of place in the local social context, um, speaking to a woman, addressing a woman um, in the local populace.
2: You um, seem to be really culturally sensitive and um, have it seems that you have a, a lot of background in that kind of role of working with other cultures. Is that things that you picked up on your own? Is there a, a kind of cultural training that you receive in the Army? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um,
1: yeah, as soon as we got into country uh, in Kuwait in 2003, we had a briefing on the local customs. Um, and. Who
0: conducted that briefing?
1: Um, it was U.S. military personnel, as I recall, but then we also had Kuwaiti, Um, volunteers, I want to say they're volunteers, who were embedded with us, who helped work as our translators. um, Okay. Did you have
0: any Iraqi people training? Later
1: on, we did have some Iraqis who were, again, contracted as interpreters, translators, who helped us along with the cultural context. Um, But another thing that was really valuable is that when I went to Iraq, I was with some soldiers who had served in the first Gulf War okay. who kind of already had that basic understanding. Oh,
0: excellent. And I think, so they were able to mentor you in a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all just went in with an open mind, realizing that we can't just go there the same way that we would go to Chicago, New York, L.A., and expect everyone to you know, appreciate the way we do
0: things. Oh, excellent. Just as a final thought, how would you like to be viewed when people hear your story? What would you like people to take away from your story
1: that's a tough question um <laughs> i hope people see me as an individual with some really valuable experience to bring to the table especially at you peace in the study of peace from the perspective of international law
0: thank you thank you thanks so much thank you for downloading and we hope you enjoy the journey
2: perspectives on peace is comprised of ross ryan Leticia Pearlstein and Saskia Knight.